You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, we get a lot of requests for draft stuff, and obviously, uh, Pete and I, we appreciate that, and you know, obviously, we put a ton of effort into it. Um, this September has been a little bit different than others for the, you know, now the third season that I'm hosting the show. So we'll figure out how we can get to it because, obviously, guys, in the last couple of years, it has been more of the team. You were already looking forward to it. Things are a little bit different here, but uh, it's not like we don't have our eyes there and, you know, at least what pertains to where the Cleveland Browns currently are. So we're going to get through that stuff. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Pete, first off, congratulations to you and the Streetsboro uh, kids. Obviously, 5-0 and to this point. Uh not a bad start, even if you had a little bit of a nail biter last night. No, it's, uh, you know, they, I think they've only had like one 5 0 start uh, in the past 20 years before this one. So, uh, something they're accustomed to. So, certainly we're excited uh, as we keep rolling. Yeah, it's got to be a good feeling. And, you know, it's always nice to, uh, you know, get the dividends of the work that's put into everything. Um, to this point, Pete, here, I mean, we've kind of established this um, as far as, you know, what, you know, and guys, yes, and for anybody who's going to be the naysayer, oh, it's too premature. Yeah, yes, it is, but it's fine. And look, there are people who are employed by the Cleveland Browns that are always looking forward to this. There's folks down in Blacksburg, Virginia last night. There's been folks down at the University of Houston scouting. Never dies. You employ these people for 365 days for a reason. We've... We're pretty comfortable, Pete, with what the two biggest areas of concern at this point are. It's no doubt the offensive tackle position. And defensively, I mean, look, you know, you know, some may want to say linebacker if you move on from Joe. But for now, we're not going to do that because, in our opinion, that's colossally stupid. And you do have, uh, obviously, some younger players there as well. But the safety position, I mean, you're talking about I, – I, I, Pete, I, I don't even know if there's anybody besides Sheldrick Redwine – I don't even know if there's a safety who's got a contract for next season. These, it's easy that this is the, you know, juxtaposition that the Browns are in for what they are looking for as we put this at September 28th. Yeah, uh, they, the the needs on this team are clear, um, and in some ways you can say they sort of planned it this way. Although I don't, you know, safety safety, I I, I don't think they necessarily wanted it to end up this way, but it's sort of, they, they sort of put themselves in this position by having Demarius Randall coming up on, on his contract, although they, you know, they tried initially to, and, and then uh, obviously the trading Jabril Peppers that sort of put them in this uh, committee type approach at, at the other safety position. But when it came to offensive tackle, uh, you know, when they, 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 they sort of, nibbled around the edges they, they they made a good signing in Kendall Lamb obviously he unfortunately got hurt like immediately so you haven't really been able to sort of benefit from that uh they got uh Justin McCray in a trade but uh, look before before a snap was ever taken you know Chris Hubbard looked like he was going to suck or at least be underwhelming we were hoping he'd be average he's not um uh, and then, you know, you're, you're hoping Greg Robinson would be enough. And I think in large part he is, but it just – it was not – it was never going to be sustainable. So, you know, there was this, there was this keyhole 
that you had to try to hit where he was good enough to 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 want to come to want to be brought back again, but not so good that he'd get an obscene contract because they couldn't really afford it. And he's you know basically the same or slightly worse or some. I, I think he's basically the same. He's just he's not he's not getting better is the point. So you have two tackles that you're going to have addressed. I, I believe one of those guys is on the roster. Uh, and it's just a question of when they can get him up to speed. But left tackle is the one that you're going to have to address unless you're going to make some grand plan that after the season you're going to say we're going to go ahead and move Batonio and then and then do it that way. But either way, the Browns uh, themselves have sort of, you know, at least been spotted looking at offensive tackles. Uh, so and, and the draft is, is, is loaded with them. So it just stands to reason if they can get it. The interior has a, a premium value, especially with Mayfield. So they they have what appears to be the guys they like for that. Hopefully, with J.C. Treader being the, the question question mark that hopefully gets answered like three weeks ago, and then it's finding that other tackle. I think they have four the four four of the five guys they want. Um, I could be dead wrong about that, but I think that's where they're at. And then it's it's this April is going to be the question for the fifth guy. Um, and you look at the left tackle position, and look, you know, in I guess, yeah, Greg is probably the best version of Greg Robinson he's ever been. But if this is it, you have the questions of whether or not this is enough. And here's the thing: I mean, what you're paying in this year, which is you know, obviously six million in change. We have no idea how it got changed. You know, when he was not a Brown for twelve, fourteen hours, whatever that stupid whole scenario was. Um, but last year, once you decided you were going to put your first-round pick into play, and, you know, obviously they, they were in the Odell Beckham, you know, I don't want to say a sweepstakes because I don't even think the Giants were looking to put him anywhere else. But once you decided you were going to go that route, but now, you know, in going into the 2020 draft with a first-round pick, you have a chance to upgrade the left tackle position, Pete, Essentially, because, I mean, you can maybe get a guy, a kid who can do both and do both maybe at a high level at a younger age. And you're actually going to save money, at least for the first year or two, you know, as almost what you're paying annually. I mean, it's, you know, even if you're paying a little bit more, it's not going to be much if this continues to work out the way it does. And we all feel this team is going to be drafting in the 20s. I mean, if you have to move up, that could be a different story. But you could be essentially getting your next left tackle of the future at even money or even less money than what you paid Greg Robinson this year. No, the the deal would be cheaper for four years. The fifth-year option might, would probably be more expensive or the same. But, but if he was really good, by that time you're ripping it up and just giving him franchise left tackle money. Right. So it, it, it puts you in a, a, a pay structure that is great for where they are. Uh, and and ultimately, uh, this this run there on you know that that hope we hope ends as a Super Bowl. Uh, it, it just eliminates that as even a consideration if they get a guy who can play the, play the position. They get a guy who's obviously younger. They get a guy not that Robinson's old, but younger anyway. And you get a guy that theoretically is going to be the ideal fit for what James Campen is looking for in his scheme, what Freddie Kitchens wants for his scheme, whatever. But you you at that point you're getting you know, you're handpicking a guy, obviously, as opposed to, you know, hoping a guy that you found off the heap has has turned into something works out. 
And look, I mean, to get 20-something starts out of Greg Robinson, who a guy that, you know, I mean, and, you know, we even said it at the time when he was signed, which was, you know, I think it was late June, just saying, all right, we brought in another body here. And to get 20-something starts out of him, Greg Robinson, you know, salute him. It's never a thing on Greg because, I mean, he's done a tremendous job in writing what was the wrong of the bus label, which was deserved probably at the time. Um, and there's, you know, now what it is is he'll go find what is his next Cleveland Browns home, a team that doesn't have a left tackle, um, can pay five, six, seven million for one. And look, nobody's worried about Greg. Greg's made a ton of money in this league, and he's going to continue to. But that does not mean upgrading the left tackle at what can almost essentially save you money is not the route to go. We're going to get to a bunch of other stuff here. We're going to delve into, obviously, you know, some players at the tackle safety position. We got some listener questions. Um, but, you know, guys, you've been asking for it. And the thing is, it's been difficult to fit these shows in, uh, you know, due to my schedule, Pete's schedule, and the fact that we've been playing primetime games. So it's, it's, it's not that we didn't want to get to it. It's just, you know, just kind of where we're at and, you know, if the expectations are going to be better for the team. Just kind of some stuff we're going to have to deal with. Long day at work, uh, still stuck in the office. Treat yourself to a meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash, whether it's local restaurants, whether it's franchise restaurants. Right now, our listeners can get a discount of up to 15%. I'm sorry, $5 off with your first $50 spent, my bad, at DoorDash.com, the DoorDash app. Use the promo code Locked On. Look, make your lives easier. Uh, have some food brought in. It's Saturday. It's Sunday. You've worked all week. If your parents, not only have you worked all week, you've parented all week between sports and activities and all that other stuff. Take kind of take a night off. Sit down on the couch. Have it brought to you. Everybody, sit down. Have a nice meal. The DoorDash app. Use the promo code Locked On. So we go to the tackle position, Pete, and, and there's names and there's name, and we're starting to get to this point where, you know, certain schools just push out this, you know, the same type of names at the same type of positions year in, year out, you know, whether it's Iowa and their linemen or Wisconsin and their linemen and Alabama and their linemen, and obviously the defensive backs kind of come from the same schools as well, but there's names early that are flashing. Well, first and foremost, it's a battle of attrition right now as some of these guys are going down with injuries or have had injuries. Or... Trey Adams, Washington. It feels like we've been talking about Trey Adams from Washington for two years now. Well, we have, and then, you know, there, he, he's had injuries specifically with his back, which is a giant red flag. Uh, yep. And then, you know, Tony Pauline came out with a report that there's more that hasn't even come out uh, as far as stuff goes. So – that's obviously going to be one of those where your doctors are going to be going over every inch of that kid. I, I don't love him anyway, but it's nevertheless a thing. Trey Smith, the kid from Tennessee, was shut down last year partway through the season with blood clots. You know, that's one of those things. I, 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 you know, I have no idea if that's something that's likely to return or if that's, you know, basically behind him or whatever, but that's a concern uh, Walker Little, I believe his name is, from Stanford. Stanford. He had a, uh, a knee issue that's going to keep him out for a while anyway. Uh, he may try to come back 
later in the year, it's unclear. Uh, I think that's all of the major injuries. Like the dude right now is, you know, everybody's fawning over is Andrew Thomas from Georgia. Yep. He's ideal in terms of size, age. He's got movement skills. He's he's nasty. He's you know he's just got all those traits that you know people drool over. I haven't really had a chance to really go through his tape, but just in quick viewing, he he looks he looks impressive. But he's got all that look of a 21-year-old, not fully grown into his body yet, really good on his feet, and a little bit of a mean cuss to him. Yeah, I mean, that's and, – and, and look, I mean, if he's the top dude, it, it won't matter, you know, unless the Browns completely, you know, fall apart. He's full bar this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and obviously, obviously nothing's set in stone at this point, and, and things can change quite a bit, but he's certainly somebody who, who at least right now looks like he could be the top tackle off the board. Uh, obviously, he'd have to declare and all those things, but, yeah, he, he's right now the early favorite. Um, there's that, and then you get to the safety position, and this has been this was weird, Pete, because I mean there were safeties we were absolutely in love with last year, and it didn't work out. And it's the weirdest thing with you know with the safety position because it, it, I don't know where it's valued or how it's valued, but there were guys that just. You know, just dropped and sank like a freaking stone. Obviously, you know, Taunty Gardner-Johnson was a guy we loved. And, you know, there were others. Obviously, the kid from Rutgers, Saquon Hampton, he was another one. But it's an interesting class. I mean, it's, you know, it's heavy up top. You know, Delpit appears to be riding that Jamal Adams high. Then there is Isaiah, Sim uh, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, who may be a perfect fit for what the style of the NFL is right now. And maybe a perfect fit if Steve Wilkes were here in 2020 where they want to play that third safety who can do a little bit of everything, it's, it's an interesting group. Right. Um, so it's Delpit's world. We're just living in it. He, you know, he's, he's number one with a bullet short of short of something involving bullets. Uh, he is <laughs> a 17 just, year old on the back of a, a 17 year old girl on the back of a car. Yes, but God, <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just special. He has a uh, tremendous ability elite from that position last year uh, as a sophomore, he was arguably the best player, best sec, uh, player in the secondary in the nation last year. Uh, just absolute prototypical free safety. Uh, and, and that's, that may be the only first rounder this class has. Now, again, a lot, Lot, lot can change, but uh, he has the look of a guy who could end up going in the top 10 or, or somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, but after that, it, it, it goes downhill in a hurry. Um, and, and that reportedly was a big factor in why the, the Steelers went ahead and, and traded for Minka Fitzpatrick is they loved him and they didn't love this upcoming class. So, you know, how much of that's true and how much, of, how much, you know, it's a little bit of they needed help now and they wanted the cheap contract now. Unclear. But, it, it you know, it, it's not a difficult case to make. Um, Isaiah Simmons is interesting, but he's listed anyway at 6'4", 230. So he's really a linebacker uh, playing safety. And he's very productive. He's very impressive in that regard. But uh, he's a linebacker. After that, you're looking at, at, at one guy that's kind of interesting – if he can maintain his production and keep going, although I'm, you know, I'm waiting for the inevitable red, uh, red flag on medical, would be Xavier McKinney from Alabama. 
Uh, he's pretty interesting as a free safety type prospect. Uh, and then you get into this group of guys like Ashton Davis from Cal, who's pretty interesting, and the kid from Notre Dame, who's interesting, although I think he's bigger than, you know, you generally like. And after that, it's, it's really sort of waiting to be figured out. Uh, I think there's a lot of strong safeties in this class. I don't know if there are a lot of really super capable free safeties. I'm kind of interested by the kid uh, from another – Georgia's got – let's put this – you're going to hear a lot about Georgia. There are a Always. lot of guys. There are a lot of guys uh, coming up. Uh, they've, been, they've been getting recruited uh, since, uh, since uh, that staff arrived. He's obviously been making uh, big, big waves in recruiting. So they've got a couple guys. Richard LeCount, or however you pronounce it, uh, is one of them. J.R. Reed is another one. They've got a lot of guys that, that play in that secondary that could be of interest. But a lot of the safety position is sort of waiting to be settled, which, again, if you look at last year and you're sort of sitting there going, man, they had some opportunities. You're, right now, the early returns, anyway, uh, are – you may have missed an opportunity, but again, plenty of time, plenty of uh, games and all those things to, to be had to see where things sort of shake out. Uh, and, you know, the safety, it's weird because, you know, they rise, a lot of them on testing. Um, sometimes the statistical ones don't always meet their mark. Uh, for me personally, uh, you know, and I know the Browns were in the building last night at Virginia Tech. Um, Reggie Floyd. One of my nicknames growing up because Jeff Floyd, you say fast, comes out to Floyd. Uh, he's interesting. Uh, you know, they say 40 times in the four stick ranges. Um, who knows how accurate that stuff is at this, you know, point in the ball game. And obviously Brandon Jones from Texas, you know, fits the size market, almost 6'1", 210. Um, another interesting one. But there's going to be – I mean, this is a position that's going to have to be hit, and it's going to have to be hit hard. Um, obviously, there's a, certainly the possibility that – Eric um, Murray could be resigned just due to his extreme versatility. Um, Sheldrick Redwine, he's not doing himself any favors, obviously, at this point with the health aspect of it. Um, you kick it over to the tackle position, and, you know, obviously, you know, we got into a bunch of the names, and there's also Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. There's also the uh, big, and, you know, Pete always loves, always loves his Nigerians. Um, and uh, obviously, so uh, the young man from Iowa, and let me just make sure I'm saying this right, because there's a Prince and there's uh, something else, and he, these names are so long, and I don't want to mess them up. Prince Tego Winogo. There you go. Yes, uh, you know, big, young, and this would be similar to the Greg Robinson path of, you know, flying up the boards, and, you know, with Auburn, you know, the passing game is not what everybody else's is, but you do get a guy who you know is going to, uh, you know, put the leather to the lace, so to speak, when it comes to the pass-blocking game. So, look, this is where we're at here. Um, we do have some questions to come. Um, and w before we get to that, but, Pete, this is a really, really interesting wide receiver class. And we talked about 2014 for a while. Like, this was going to be the scold standard but we may be starting to catch up now. Obviously, the style of the play is huge aspect of it. Um, but 
the biggest aspect is going to be here is the whole Jarvis Landry situation. And you weren't around today, and I know, you know, day after game, obviously there's stuff you guys are doing as a coaching staff, and, you know, there's talk about Jarvis Landry and the target percentage. And, I, you know, look, I don't want to – we're not going to put this on Jarvis necessarily right now because Baker is not playing his best ball. But we've talked about how we didn't think Jarvis, the way they want to do these deep developing concepts, was the best thing for Jarvis. We told you guys, out of the slot, do with Jarvis what was good. Look, if you moved on from Duke Johnson, what you were doing with Duke Johnson maybe is what you should be doing with Jarvis Landry, that type of stuff. But it's a big number. It's a really, really big number that Jarvis Landry carries. But you look at the two kids down at Alabama. You look over at Clemson. Pete, this is – guys, I'm never going to not talk about the wide receiver class. But there's some dudes, like, for now, there's, like, some serious, serious dudes at the wide receiver position, Pete. Uh, yeah, so my guess is that the public is higher on this class than, than teams are, but I could be wrong about that. Obviously, they've got multiple Alabama prospects in Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. They've got uh, – Ruggs is already my dude. Ruggs is my dude. Gives me the Odell vibes. Uh, T. Higgins from Clemson. Uh, the ki kid I really like, LaVisca Chenault from Colorado, is, is a big – His story player. is fantastic, everything he's been through in his life. C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Uh, you're looking – He would actually – he would maybe be the guy to be that, well, number two to Odell. And, again, not nothing on Jarvis. But Lamb and his body and the fact that he can just kind of lay out or go high for stuff – he would probably be the guy that would be a really, really nice running mate for uh, for Odell. Then you get into – and this is where I'm looking at as far as receivers go. And obviously, a lot, again, all these things are fluid. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. But if you want – like you get you get enamored with speed. Uh, the, one of the guys that you're sitting there going is Jalen Rager from TCU, who is just absolute – He's just a flash-type player. Um, just had outstanding production for them last year. Uh, he's getting involved in kick returning now. Uh, just his speed is unbelievable. Uh, he, he, he just – if you watch him, he, he, you can't take your eyes off him when, when he's going. Um, a kid I love uh, who, who basically – you go by production and stuff like that. He could take this whole year off and do nothing but work on training stuff for his physical physical ability, and that's Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. Yep, whose whose production was unreal, and I and I, I don't know why he opted to go back to school. Uh, maybe he just wanted to finish. Maybe there was you know it was a testing thing. I don't know. But if you again, if you go based on production, he was done at, at college last year. Just eye popping in what he was doing. They've got him and another dude this year who are, are doing all kinds of things. Um, I know a lot of Browns fans were big on Colin Johnson last year. He's enormous in terms of his size. He's like 6'6", 200 and some odd, you know, big, thick kid. Um, I don't – his speed looks very questionable to me, but he's obviously a big target. He's made his share of plays. Uh, there, there's a couple of kids from Michigan. Um, you know, they don't have a quarterback, but they, they seem to have skilled players. Um <laughs> but as as is the case every year, there are no shortage of guys who can go out and catch passes. It's entirely a question of how you order them and where you go get them. Uh, I think 
the Browns, if they decide to move on from a guy like Jarvis Landry, they could go and get somebody like round two, round three, or anywhere after that. Um, you know, obviously, John Dorsey has a, a proclivity to take some mid-round guys um, that, that could do some things. So, that, you know, there are a lot of players that, that are very talented. And, and, and again, if the, if the, the very early, very early uh, rankings hold up and all these guys are really legit flirting with top 10 or the first round or whatever – they're not all going to go in the first round and it, it becomes as it always is a buyer's market and you get some great value. So if the Browns can get, you know, again, the value has to be there for offensive tackle, uh, whether they move up and go and get one or they sit tight and let one fall to them. Uh, they could come back and, and get a receiver in the second, third round, get a safety in that second, third, fourth round area and just play the board as it is. Um, and obviously look, they, if, if, the, the, the part of the problem is that Antonio Callaway has put himself in a position where you can't trust him. You don't know where he's going to be at uh, in terms of his, his reliability. And you're hoping that uh, obviously Richard Higgins come, gets back healthy. You're hoping that he can play and, and, and string together another good season. But obviously uh, both years he's had some injury concerns. So maybe if you get him back, you may not have to pay as much, or even if you do, you're still going to have to keep bolstering that uh, core. You're hoping that Damian Ratley continues to prove himself and sort of add into the things that he can do. But if you do you do decide to move on from Landry or you don't resign Higgins or you do both, uh, you're going to need to keep adding, and this will be a good class to do that. It just entirely becomes a question of value. And to me, I'm not even interested in, in entertaining the conversation of around one receiver. It just doesn't make sense. That's nope. what Odell Beckham last year, uh, and, and I think that was a value, very good play. But, you know, and they didn't know at the time, but you legitimately traded for Odell Beckham and Andre Dillard was there for the taking. So you've sort of made that choice once. And, and, and again, I think the Browns made the right one in taking the receiver over the offensive tackle. But you have to come back and now really make a, a, a good investment up front to take care of Baker's blind side. And if you're trying, you're trying to talk me into, well, we can just sign Greg Robinson again and protect his blind side. No, you got to get a real dude. It's look, I mean, look, the, the Greg, the Greg Robinson experiment experiment has worked and it's worked out really well. But the problem is now is, you know, with something like this is you cut your ties before, you know, you know, basically, you know, uh, run before, you know, the whole, uh, you know, Look, you've gotten what you got out of this, and, and and you paid money to it now in your second year, but now solidify it long term. Um, Greg is going to be what he's going to be. He's going to be a middle of the run left tackle. There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, your investment is going to be six, and you're going to have to pay him. And you know, it's just the way you got to do it. It's a quick approach. You go get the guy who can be cheap for four years, while you're paying Baker a ton of money in a couple of years here. It's just a correct approach. Um, one other receiver, uh, guys, don't forget about DJ Montgomery. He was lighting it up this summer before that quote unquote hamstring injury took him out for the 2019 season. Uh, one wide receiver I'm going to highlight. Um, 
And look, this isn't a Florida State thing. Tamara Terry did some fantastic things last year. 35 receptions, 750 yards. He's off to a good start this year. And again, we're talking about a wide receiver with no quarterback. What to speak whatsoever. Interesting name. Um, I don't think he'll test anywhere near the first round. Um, probably one of those guys that would be you know mid-second to third. Um, he'll be young. He's only a redshirt sophomore. Um, I don't see any reason why he would stay at Florida State, and I certainly cannot blame him. Uh, reading, read the writing on the wall. The program is not what you signed up for when you signed your national letter of intent. That is a guy to look out for as well. Temeron Terry from Florida State. Uh, we'll get to the last part here. we got some listener questions coming. Um, but uh, Vivid Seats, make a memory that will last a lifetime. And let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event and with the promo code, enter the promo code KICKOFF, all caps, at checkout, and receive a discount of up to $100. Also, you get put into the Vivid Seats Rewards Program. We'll help you for discounts. You can then shop for events, whether it's concerts, plays, sporting events, by rows, by seats, whatever. Check out the folks over at Vivid Seats and use the promo code KICKOFF. Pete, we got listener questions here, and these guys actually brought some good ones here, so I certainly want to get them into the mix here. Um, first one would be, and this is a, what would be a defining difference in this season to change what is the current draft plan? That's, um, wow. Greg Robinson becomes an all-pro, could change things. Yeah, I just uh, – Really hard. To, I mean, really, it'd be something along the lines of like Eric Murray. Devastating injury. Well, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say like Eric Murray becomes like a, you know, a, a, an elite player essentially. Uh, would would be the only thing that really changes it. There's just you have to find. There, there's just no. To me, there's no way unless he dramatically changes his expectations that you're keeping Demarius Randall. Um, so. And, and honestly, and, and he may have sank his battleship with this whole, I didn't have a concussion. And, and I talked about this a little bit on Twitter. Um, Demarius Randall's never played a full season in the NFL. He's been dinged up a little bit every year he's in the league. For me, that sounds a whole lot like an agent saying, hey, why don't you just go ahead and say this so we're not – I mean, we want to get every top dollar. And, look, safeties were getting 10, 12 mil a year last year in the offseason. Say you weren't concussed, which – and, look, you it's terrible to even say that because you're accusing the Browns medical staff of doing something, you know, egregiously, which is just terrible. They wouldn't do this. Do you really think the Browns would, you know, not want him for either of those games? The whole thing just seemed a little bit asinine, but it also seemed like the – let's put it on the resume this way from us that – you know, and if it's chasing the money, and I get it, I understand it truly, but if it's just, it's just not going to work out with Demarius Randall. That's just the way it's headed, and that's fine. Whatever, wherever your next destination is, just roll on. I mean, but please, for anything, give us what you got here for these next thirteen. Yeah, um, it just nothing seems to feel right in that situation. And look, it's not – Demarius Randall's had his issues at Arizona State. He had his issues in Green Bay. So it's not that odd that he's having some issues here in Cleveland. Well, I mean, you know, 
issues, relatively speaking. It's not the end of the world or anything. It just it just doesn't sit right. It's one of those things you just eh. so anyway. I it, that may have been why the Browns tried to sort of get him initially, uh, and then sort of have backed off as his demands have gone up. Hopefully, they, they decide to you know sign the guys who are going to be your center and middle linebacker for years and years to come. But yeah, it, it, it's just very hard to imagine that all of a sudden the Browns often, you know, the Browns draft plans are going to be changed because so much of this, just the way they, they drafted and, and the way they sort of set up their roster is basically saying that this is going to be a thing. Get ready for it. Oh, no, I, I, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, and last one here we'll do from the listener questions, because a lot of it we actually got into here. There were questions on, you know, position other than tackle and safety, obviously. We mentioned the wide receiver spot. Tight end. Well, tight, tight end is one. And uh, we'll get to this. We'll, we'll, get, we'll find a way to manipulate this in more, because Pete's juices get flowing, my juices get flowing. We love talking about this stuff. But the problem is what's supposed to be a promising year, you want to make sure you're covered. Oh, I'm sorry. Make sure you're crossing, you know, crossing every T and dotting every I, so to speak. Over under three offensive linemen drafted in 2020. I'm sorry. So, uh, three. Um, it would depend on JC Treader. It would depend on JC Treader. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, they did add a bunch of young linemen. They they are not hurting at that spot. That I, I, again, you know, it's one of those things. They have not given up on Corbett. For better or worse, they haven't. And 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 history would say you should. Well, at this point, you at this point, it's look. We'll go down with the freaking ship. You know, well, there's there's that element of it. But you know who one of the best pass protecting offensive tackles in the league is right now? Yes, I do. Ho, oh, oh, oh. but go ahead. Yeah, Cam Irving of all people is one of the best pass protecting tackles in the NFL this year. Right now. Now, he can't run block to save his life, and the Chiefs can't run it, and they're not pretending to, so it's right now it's a great fit. But as a backup tackle in place of Eric Fisher, Cam Irving, at least right now, is playing like dominant left tackle in terms of pass protection. So, look, the bottom line is there are only so many people on the planet that are 300 pounds with certain amount of movement skills. He's one of those guys. And whether he, he because he costs nothing – you're hoping that he sort of develops into a productive lineman, and it takes a it can take a couple of years, as it has with any number of players before, uh, and it may not work. It may not be a good situation. Having said that, they love Drew Forbes as they should. They traded for Wyatt Teller, who they obviously like quite a bit. They have had a bunch of linemen in and out from uh, you know training camp to the practice squad, all those things that they can sort of have been in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, they I, – I, I see no reason for them to move on from either Kendall Lamb or Eric Cush because there are nothing contracts. No nope. vets uh, at, at key spots. Swing tackles that have experience in, in any level of competency at, at two and a half or three and a half million, whatever Lamb is, is a steal. And then Eric Cush has obviously shown his value in that he's – uh, you may not love him as a starter, but he's clearly valuable as a, a center guard uh, replacement. So, yeah, Treader leaving is the only way I could possibly see them going that many. I, 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 one early, maybe one late uh, is, is what, what I would imagine at this point. 
I mean, look, there's no doubt it could be two. And obviously, Drew Forbes, they're hoping to get him back, and they want to see him on the field. Um, but th- it's going to be who's going to be the shadow off of Joe Batonio. That would be the key. Um, right tackle is easier to fill, and that's what Lamb's here for. And there's other guys, and that where Drew Forbes could be. Uh, the Chris Hubbard experiment shouldn't, my God, by any means. And um, there's just no way around that one. Pete, Browns, Maven, what's the latest? Uh, get Just getting ready for the, the Ravens game. Honestly, various preview stuff for that. This 1 o'clock kickoff feels so freaking weird. Yeah, it's nice. I don't have to, you know, we'll get, we'll get it done quick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's – if the Browns can pull this off – it will dramatically change the outlook of their season for people. If they don't, it'll sort of reconfirm what they have been thinking, that the Browns are overrated, all this other stuff. But I would still make the point that they can easily end up 2-5 and five and be fine. So, you know, it'd be great to go out and get a win. Obviously, that would sort of end a lot of the chatter that they've beaten, you know, a pretty good Ravens team. Uh, that a lot of – that looks like they, they could be uh, the favorite – to win the division obviously it's at this point it's a two-team race so if they can get that it sort of changes a lot of what people think about uh, so we'll see could be a statement game uh me personally I, I i'm oddly confident for cleveland tomorrow um and i go back to look baltimore's done what they've done they've done it to nobody to this point um mark ingram versus joe Schobert, yeah I know where I'm hedging my money on that one. Um, the only concern I truly have about the Ravens' offense is Marquise Brown. So that doesn't – it really – you know, there's ways you can do it with Mitchell, with Carey. Just don't let them off the line. And I have enough confidence in these guys that they're going to make it – they're going to play the vet on the rook, undersized. I, I, I'm, I'm weirdly confident tomorrow. And actually, I was in some DMs today with uh, Stephen Thomas and Jake Burns, and they were nervous. They're very nervous. I was like, I'm actually not nervous. I do think the Browns can actually win this by 10 plus. And I think it's time where this is going to break out offensively. I think the, the BS is over, and Baker is fired up. You have Odell. I'm not that concerned, and the Ravens may have more key injuries than the Browns actually do going in this one. We'll see that when we get the uh, inactives tomorrow, which, you know, that stuff usually comes out about 11.45 or whatever, an hour and 15 minutes before kickoff. I'm feeling good. I, I, I think this can work out tomorrow. I think it'll work out pretty well. And it seems like Baker carries, you know, yeah, he carries some swagger at home, but, like, that travels. That swagger travels. And he's going to go into Baltimore for the second time. First time, you know, obviously, first time he's going to be a starter on the road in the building he's been in before. And he's going to go to Baltimore where he's going to be a little bit aggravated about the way week 17 went last year. I'm feeling good. If it blows up my face, it blows up my face. But I'm feeling oddly confident about the way this is going to work out tomorrow. All the Pete Smiths. uh, Pete, league-wise, Browns-wise, anything we didn't get to. Just more Jalen Ramsey stuff. He's apparently going on the trip to Denver. Uh, 
unclear if he's going to play in that. I assume if they take he, If he's going to Denver, he's playing. Who are we kidding? They wouldn't let him on the plane if they weren't going to play him. So, yeah, I mean, obviously the Jags uh, could – I mean, Denver is not a fun road trip for anyone, but they suck. Uh, they're playing terrible right now. Uh, maybe they get, can get back on track, but the Jags could take a, a a commanding position in that division, and I think they're going to do everything they can to sort of try to dissolve some of the issues they have with winning and trying to hope that that's the cure-all that sort of can settle some of these things. And I can't blame them. Um, look, as far as where Jalen Ramsey is at with upset with the organization – and Tom Coughlin and players that are 23, 24 years old, you can understand there's probably a huge, huge disconnect. But uh, moving on from Jalen Ramsey, not a wise choice. Um, if you can appease him with his money, pay him. The dude can flat out ball. And even still, if he doesn't end up being a top-notch corner two years from now, he was a freaking top-notch safety at Florida State. So – who move on from quality players. Makes zero sense in that respect. Uh, Pete's work over Browns Maven. Go to SI. Click on Cleveland Browns. Get directed to the Browns Maven content that Pete uh, and obviously the crew is putting out over there. Um, doing a great job, and we're all excited here. You know, We're working our butts off. Um, again, congratulations to Pete in the Streets for our program. 5-0. and Happy for those guys. Happy for Pete. Putting in a ton of work over there. Uh, follow at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself at Lockdown Browns. Uh, DMs are always open. It's a follow back account. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open. Questions, suggestions, things you want on the show, or you just want to talk a little ball and you're not big on the Twitter world. I get it. Go ahead. Hit me up over there. Uh, for now, uh, kickoff is, you know what? Uh, let's figure you know what? 16, 17 hours away or whatever, uh, maybe even less than that. Um, you'll get me and Pete at the final whistle with your post-game show, uh, hopefully. I'm telling you guys, I feel confident tomorrow. I really, really do. I don't think the Ravens have seen a defense that the Browns are going to bring tomorrow, even with possibly Ward, Greedy, Morgan Burnett, whatever. I think that defensive line is going to eat tomorrow. I love the Joe Schobert, Mark Ingram matchup. Keep Lamar in the pocket. Make a beat you with your arm. I think that'll work out for the best. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pounds. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.